Grab some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt. Sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Now, here's Jeff Hunt. Well, howdy, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Frontier Freedom Hour. We are in for a big treat today. We've got Stephanie Slade from Reason Magazine. You're going to want to stick around because I think this is going to be a really, really good conversation. Uh, She has a very unique perspective as a libertarian Catholic. She's a Roman Catholic libertarian. You don't hear that too often. We're going to be talking with Stephanie all about that. Welcome. My name is Jeff Hunt. I'm the host of the Frontier Freedom Hour, director of the Centennial Institute and co-chairman of the Western Conservative Summit in studio with us, producer and director of communications, Jamie Urker. Great to be here, as always. (laughs) Great to have Jamie with us. And running the board, Michael Arpaio, who helps us out here from Salem, a great partner and doing wonderful work for us. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We cover issues facing the Western United States from a Christian conservative perspective. I always provide a little cowboy wisdom. You ready for this week's cowboy wisdom, Jamie? Oh, I'm so ready. All right, the easiest way to eat crows while it's still warm. <laughs> that is good <laughs> cowboy wisdom. You know, you don't want to you don't want to let that crow get cold. It's harder <laughs> to eat. Easiest way to eat crow is while it's still warm. Well, Stephanie Slade is the senior editor at Reason Magazine. Reason and I have had a very interesting relationship. Did you even look within your own uh, magazine, Stephanie, about some of the articles they've written about me? No, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they... We, we have a fun relationship. I've, Stephanie may be walking into something that she wasn't fully ready for. Yeah, I'm starting to get that impression. Uh, the magazine of free minds and free markets and a fellow in liberal studies at the Acton Institute. I really love the Acton Institute. We had the uh, president of Acton Institute in for a film they were doing on Hong Kong and what's happened to them recently. And that was a great conversation. But Reason Magazine, which... Is kind of a libertarian magazine. Stephanie is Roman Catholic in her faith, uh, politically libertarian. That means a whole lot of things. And I do encourage you to read her writing because uh, very well thought through. She's a, she's a public intellectual and has some great articles in reason. But Stephanie, give us your background a little bit. Tell us where you're from and how you got to where you are with Reason Magazine. Sure. Uh, I grew up in Florida, mostly in Florida, at least. I went to the University of Florida for undergraduate and studied economics. Um, But I always had a love of both writing and politics. And I knew that I wanted, after college, to go to D.C. and do something that allowed me to do writing and do politics. Um, So for a few years, I did some political consulting work, but I found that that was not very satisfying for me, being somebody who's not, I, I didn't, I found that I just didn't fit cleanly into either the sort of Republican or Democratic camps. I, on some issues, I, I came down on, on the left and on some on the right. Um, eventually, I came to terms with the fact that, you know what, I'm a libertarian. And so I, I took a job at Reason Magazine, the sort of flagship libertarian, uh, libertarian magazine in the, in, in the world, I think it's not overstating the case to say. I've been there for about eight years now. Um, I was managing editor of the, our print magazine that comes out once a month for about five and a half of those years. And um, in the last six months or so, I've pivoted to a role that allows me to do more traveling, speaking, and writing, which is very exciting. And that's why you're here. You're going to be meeting with some students at Colorado Christian University. And you met with Tom Copeland, who's a professor of politics at the Axton Institute. And that's how this relationship was formed. But, you know, it, we're kind of the leading voice against drug legalization. This is what reason has written about uh, kind of challenging my perspective because in Colorado, when we voted to commercialize drugs, that's the word that I use, actually allow the free market to 
take uh, illicit drugs and then um, take the power of the free market and bring a tremendous amount of new addiction and then challenges to our state. And so we we wrote a paper that looked at the social costs of marijuana. So when the government takes $1 of tax revenue, how much do they end up spending to deal with the social costs? And what we found was that for every $1 that we take in, we spend $4.50 dealing with the effects of it. And then Reason kind of challenged the, the, the research and the idea behind the paper that we put out on there. But I, I wanna jump right in because Jared Polis has been named the most libertarian governor in Colorado. And in Colorado, you have emerging, you talk about fusionism in a different sense, but you have a fusion that took place in Colorado between leftism and social libertarianism. And that is the winning political coalition in Colorado right now. It's why there's not a single statewide elected Republican. Um, because people want the freedom historically in Colorado to be able to do, live their lives the way they want. So you have uh, drugs that are now kind of uh, permeating our culture in big ways because people want to be able to freely use drugs. You have doctor-assisted suicide. You now have sports gambling. You kind of have this historically Western social libertarianism that has fused with big government progressivism because when Reason Magazine named Jared Polis the most libertarian governor in Colorado, we all went, or most libertarian governor in America, we all went, what in the, he's passed all these new taxes and fees and we have all these new government programs and then he used his powers as, as governor to force a lot of businesses to shut during the COVID pandemic. So you have this unique combination here in Colorado that I think has led to a lot of problems in the state. but. Tell us about kind of your viewpoint being Roman Catholic and libertarian and how those fit together. And then we'll talk maybe more specifically about the state of Colorado. Sure. I, I mean, I think I've never sort of uh, um, intuitively seen the contradiction between being Catholic um, and pro-life, by the way, and being a libertarian that a lot of other people intuitively see. So I have to always step back and say, OK, what is it? Who am I talking to and what are they thinking of? And what, are, what, are, what, are, what is the what is the tension or the, or the you know, that they're that they're identifying here? And that sort of often will depend sort of, if I'm talking to somebody who's coming to me from the left or from the right. Um, so one thing I would say is, uh, as uh, as a libertarian, just as a person, I draw a distinction between saying something is uh, morally right and saying that something should be legal. So there are lots of things that can be morally wrong. I think that are morally wrong that I would not choose to do in my life. I would not encourage my friends and families to engage in some behaviors. Um, but that I don't think that the state has a role in in actually uh, enforcing. So I think actually almost everybody intuitively understands this and agrees with this on some level. Most of us would say, for example, that adultery is wrong. We don't generally want to empower the state to be, you know, uh, sending armed guards to raid people's bedrooms and haul people away for cheating on their spouses and lock them in a cage for it. Things can be immoral, very immoral, um, uh, without us thinking that it's proper or, or appropriate for the government to be involved. So that's the first thing I would say. There are lots of things that I would say, I look around at our culture, there are things I don't like about it, there are things I'd like to change, but I want to use uh, non-coercive means to try to bring about that change. Persuasion, institution building, things like this. I, I think you really have to change hearts and minds. You have to find meet people where they are and work on changing the culture. 
um, before you can get to good laws. And if you try to impose laws from the top down that don't match the culture, it actually leads to all kinds of horrifying unintended consequences. So I want to change the culture first. We can worry about the law later. I think trying to use coercion, state coercion in particular, to get to an outcome uh, is usually a bad way of going about it. And so I, I, I don't necessarily disagree on the sort of social outcomes that we might, we, we might not disagree on the social outcomes that we want, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my foot down and say, I'm gonna really have a high bar before I wanna bring the state in to try to solve that problem. So that makes you a very unique libertarian. And I, I debated Austin, um, I'm forgetting his last name right now. He was the libertarian nominee for president. Peterson. At one point. Austin Peterson, he and I debated drug culture at a Turning Point USA Student Action Summit one time. And it was a very fascinating debate because he walked into a standing ovation. And I'm sitting there going, well, this is going to be a fun debate if the crowd already gives him a standing <laughs> ovation before we even start. But they won't get into, most libertarians I've debated have never gotten into the idea that we, there is a right way to live a life and that there should be some type of social guidance to do that. So you're Roman Catholic. Let's go back to adultery. Generally, conservatives would say adultery is bad. People of faith would say it is bad. It has social consequences, consequences on the family structure, consequences on the own individual too. It's not a good thing to have affairs and cheat on your spouse. But I've never met a libertarian that's willing to say, well, we should have some type of social education on that. They just kind of stop at the idea that this is just, people should just be able to live their lives freely. What's I mean, I think most libertarians would agree that adultery is wrong. I, I don't think there, I mean, there, there probably are some true pure moral relativists out there. But even even many of my colleagues who are, and I often describe reason as sort of big tent libertarian, which is a little bit of a joke because we're such a, libertarian is such a fringe movement that from the outside it's like, how big could that tent possibly be? But from the inside, I'm going, Nick Gillespie's over there on one corner of the tent and I'm over here on the other. And we're, we're, we're articulating slightly different visions for what we mean by that word. But even my colleagues and my, and my fellow libertarians, my friends who have a different sort of, who have different sort of social views than me, I think most of them would still say, yeah, cheating on your spouse, there's something wrong there's something wrong about that that's not good right only bad people do that thing um and, and then the question just is about okay what do we do what do we do with that information and if you agree with me that the state shouldn't be involved then actually in that sense as far as i'm concerned you're basically a libertarian on that issue because for me here, here's maybe another distinction that i think it's helpful um to make and i had a, a, a an article in reason magazine maybe six months ago that laid this out at length um, I think libertarianism is a political philosophy. It is a philosophy that tells me what is the proper use of of state coercion and state violence in society? What is the proper role of the state in society? It tells me what good public policy looks like, and it tells me what things the state should be involved in and what things the state should not be involved in. It says absolutely nothing. For me, as a political libertarian, it says absolutely nothing about how to live a good life or how to how to try to build up a good society through these voluntary means. Um, I think there are lots of political libertarians out there. Now, there are also some libertarians who would say, no, no, libertarianism is thicker than that. It gives me a philosophy for how to live my life. I want to maximize liberty across all domains. It's not just about public policy. It's not just about the state. There's other forms of coercion. Some people would say that. I've met those people. I know they exist. But I think there's plenty of people like me who would say, no, libertarianism is a political philosophy. You want to answer questions about how to live a good life? you got to look elsewhere. Libertarianism is not going to give you that information. So we're talking with Stephanie Slate, who is the senior editor at Reason Magazine, the magazine of free minds and free markets, and a fellow in liberal studies. Libertarianism, 
Liberal Studies at Acton Institute. It's a fascinating conversation. As you know, I'm the co-chairman of the Western Conservative Summit. Conservative. So you have liberal, conservative, libertarianism, all in the same conversation. We're going to continue this when we get back. So stick around after these messages. We'll be right back on the Frontier Freedom Hour. <laughs> 